0: Welcome to the FridayNightOhio.com podcast. I'm Chris Bevan, sports editor at the Canton Repository. Joining me is rep sports writer Joe Scalzo. We're looking ahead to week two, really the first week we get to see a lot of matchups with Stark County teams playing each other, Joe. Uh, some big matchups this week. What uh, what game's jumping out at you right uh, right away that you're looking forward to, to seeing what happens? I would guess Central Catholic Perry probably number one because...
1: Um, we didn't really get a good read on how good Perry was because we don't know anything about the Canadian team they beat last week and and uh, you know Central kind of played out of the area. And I always feel like this is kind of a good barometer. Uh, if the game's really close, probably both teams are good. If one of them wins by a considerable amount, probably that team is good. Uh, but yeah, I think we're learning a lot about a lot of teams this week just because there's so many bizarre matchups in week one.
0: Maslin and Glen Oak, Hoover and Louisville are two other big uh, inter games mm-hmm. this week. And Maslin, a state uh, semifinalist last year, a lot of big expectations for them. This is one of the few uh, road tests for the Tigers. Yeah, and, you know, Glen Oak
1: got handled pretty good by Toledo Whitmer, which is a team that might win a Division One state championship or at least contend for one. Um, this is probably not a great matchup this year for Glen Oak. Uh, we saw that, you know, Maslin handled St. V's pretty good. But I, you know, I think it's respectable that they're playing them, and you know, it's kind of developed into a good rivalry for them. And uh, Hoover, Louisville—that's interesting because, again, we don't know how good Hoover is. They look good, and you know, Louisville is coming off like a kind of a tough loss to Canfield, and I, I kind of feel like Louisville, boy, if they if they lose this week, um, they they could be one of those good teams with a bad record uh, type situations this year.
0: That's the one thing that always jumps out at me on uh, week two is that you, somebody can go 0-2 real quick in a lot of these games. Mm-hmm. And in the case of Glen Oak and Louisville, those are two teams that you know might end up being pretty good. Um, the thing I think is interesting about Glen Oak-Maslin, though, has been what a close game that has been regardless of records coming in. Yeah. I don't think a single game in this series has been decided by more than eight points the last you know eight, nine years that they've been playing this. So you, you wonder, is that something that indicates that this is a, a game that is getting up for no matter what uh, the record is that the that it comes in with.
1: Yeah, and I, I think that's certainly been the case. Now Maslin seems to have
0: one of those special teams this year and Glen Oak probably isn't as strong
1: as they as they've been, so maybe this might be an outlier in that case. But yeah, it it's it's always interesting to see those types of games and and uh you know you're probably more excited to play at Maslin than you are at Toledo Whitmer anyway. Um you know Louisville I think in, in past years if they started 0 and two, which they didn't do a lot they always felt like they could kind of catch up, you know, by by playing that NBC schedule. Uh, you know, they don't have that luxury now. You know, they still got federal league teams on the way, and, and you know, Maslin's looming later in the year. So, um, I think that one's pretty big for 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 Louisville.
0: It's one of the things I think we talked about a couple of weeks ago in high school football, and really any level of football. If you don't get one of those first couple of games, mm-hmm. the schedule can really snowball on you if you're playing a tough schedule. We see that with Lake. That's yeah. a team that, that obviously wants to get out of the gates to quickly because if they don't build momentum early and, and get some confidence for themselves, they know they're going to face some tough dates later on. And in the case of Hoover and Louisville, that's the, the case for both teams. Hoover, the win last week at Brush, um, I think people forgot Brush was a playoff team last year that Hoover did beat mm-hmm. and, and maybe gave an indication that Hoover, if it, had a few breaks go its way that uh, Hoover would have been a playoff team itself last year. And maybe they are going to be a pretty good team this year.
1: Yeah. And I, just to kind of piggyback on what you were saying, I think that's why you see so many odd matchups because those teams don't want to go 0-2. They might schedule one tough game out of the first two, but you really got to be careful with your nine-league schedule, especially the way the computer ratings are, are set up. And I'm going to write about this a little bit this week. Um you know, Dover coach Dan F really hates that you don't get rewarded for scheduling a tough team if you lose to them. There's no reward at all uh, from a playoff standpoint. So you might end up going five and five or six or four. I think they went six or four last year and didn't make the playoffs. So that's why you see you know some games you're like, boy, we wish we'd see this matchup, but there's really no incentive to to play those really good teams.
0: And I think uh, one coach that would echo that sentiment is Coach Linda Smith at Central Catholic. Going back to that game, I think Central and Perry. It's kind of been an underrated rivalry because mm-hmm. it falls on week two, where you have Hoover and Louisville, which is a you know a long, long-standing rivalry. Massillon, Oak, two Division ones, or well, Maslin now Division two, but you know two big schools and what has become a big rivalry. And then you have this neighborhood rivalry, Central Catholic, Perry, and you're talking about two teams that have played in five state finals since 2014, and, and it kind of falls under the radar. Yeah, and and you know Central Catholic probably
1: doesn't have a huge um, another option to play you know teams that aren't quite as tough but um yeah i mean they you know even if they lose to perry i think they feel like if they can sneak in playing that type those types of teams gets them so ready for division five that you know it's worth it in the long run but uh, you know in division five maybe it's a little bit easier to make the playoffs than it is in in division three or four or two
0: obviously you have some Opportunities to slip up and make up for it. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that's been interesting about this matchup in many cases, uh, you know, Central Catholic might not see another team of this quality until deep into the playoffs. And that's, you know, Central plays a really good schedule. Yeah. But you're talking about playing a state runner up in, in 15 and 16 each of those years in your week two game. Yeah. A Division II team. Last year they're up to Division I making the playoffs. So if you're Central Catholic, you've got to feel real good about. The kind of gauge on toughness that you're going to get about your team when you play Keith Wakefield's team in week two.
1: Yeah, and I I think that um, you know, there's something to the fact too that there's just a mile away, and it's kind of fun for everybody involved, and and uh, I think it speaks volumes. And I don't want to get in a huge public-private debate here, but the fact that Central has so much success scheduling public schools around here shows that that people think they do it the right way, and they're, you know, that the, they're not part of the you know, competitive balance issue that's kind of been. They're in the They're not news. part of the problem. They're part <laughs> of the solution. Yeah. So you know, it, that's I always kind of go, "Hey, is the team doing it the right way?" Well, let's let's look at their schedule. If everybody in town schedules them, then they probably are
0: a lot of respect there. And, and mm-hmm. I think for Perry. This game might be bigger than normal because of some of the oddities in, in its schedule this year. Mm-hmm. Other than their federal league teams, they're, they're not going to see a team like Central Catholic really. With a couple of the Canadian teams are bringing down yeah. where you figure they're going to be a pretty prohibitive favorite.
1: Yeah, and you know, get a chance to make some money too. I mean, they got good fan base, and you know, people in Stark County might just go out to that game anyway. So
0: there's a lot. There's lots to like about that matchup. We're going to take a look at some other inner-county games in just a moment, but want to remind you, the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week, powered by iHeartRadio, continues Friday, August 31st, when Glen Oak hosts Maslin. Kickoff 7 p.m. Broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina Pre-Game Show. FridayNightOhio.com is live-streaming games for the first time this season as Sam Berkwin and Jeff Shreve provide the call each Friday night. Looking at uh, some other games that are county v. county, we got Sandy Valley Minerva in Canton South and Northwest this week. Uh, For that Sandy Valley Minerva game, you have to start with the streak, unfortunately, in in Minerva's case. You talk to some of the Lions uh, players and coaches ahead of the season. uh, that streak just keeps growing and growing. I know those kids are working hard. Mm-hmm. It's a proud community that's had a great tradition in football. What uh, would you take away from talking to those kids uh, on the eve of their season? Yeah, well, I I think the, the you know unfortunately
1: we we're kind of looking maybe as a united game last week as a barometer of whether they could break that streak anytime soon. And and you know they didn't they didn't really compete maybe as, as well on the scoreboard as they wanted to. But um I think they feel like that sophomore class is not only just going to be able to win a couple games and maybe make a, a run in the league, but, you know, getting to that point is, you know, it's going to take obviously a year or two and, and uh, you know, Sandy Valley and, you know, at the beginning of the year, you think, well, maybe that could be the one that they could break the streak on. But the way that you saw Sandy Valley handle Fairless last week's tells us that they might have a, a pretty good year in the, in the offing themselves. So um you know, I, I this on paper this looks like the streak might extend to, to number thirty two this week, but um, you know it'll be interesting to see how they respond if they, it's like same old Minerva, or, or if it's like, hey guys, let's let's turn this around this year.
0: Interesting thing with Sandy Valley, they had the great playoff success a couple years ago. You know, last year they fell back a bit, but they also were breaking in a new quarterback, a freshman who's mm-hmm. now a sophomore, and uh, you saw what that difference means when a kid has a full year under his belt. They come out and hang 42 on Fairless, which was a playoff team last year. So uh, Sandy Valley might be one of the smaller schools we want to keep an eye on this season. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think uh, they surprised
1: me a little bit. I, I figured they'd be better. But uh, it speaks to their program that it wasn't just a, you know one or year, two years where they had a really good class. Now they, I think they have a, a solid program that you know, can expect to have success uh, you know, almost every year.
0: And obviously, the gamble family knows quite a bit about coaching. Hmm. So uh, you think there's good leadership there, which I think is the case. The other matchup that's county v county: Canton South against Northwest. Uh, Canton South had a, had a tough loss last week against Cloverleaf. Now it's going on the road against Northwest, and I think Northwest is one of those teams that uh, you know could be in the mix at the end. Uh, they've too have had some recent tradition of success, so also some tough seasons of late. But they've got a good versatile quarterback. Uh, back to lead them, and it'll be interesting to see if they're able to get some games early and build some momentum going into the Pac-7. Yeah,
1: I think we've kind of been waiting for that
0: breakout year for them for a, a couple years now, now that they got in the Pac and they
1: don't have to play, you know, half Division One teams and half Division Seven, you know, it's... And, you know, this is a, a good game for them. I mean, it's an old NBC rivalry, and I think people probably in Northwest program, remember those awesome years they had from 2000 to 2011 or so. And, uh, you know, maybe
0: people thought it would break out a little sooner, but this might be the team that can do it. Yeah, this was a great matchup going back maybe six, seven years when both teams were playoff level. And I think you talk about that scheduling conundrum of, of trying to find the right mix. Northwest is an interesting uh, example. Last, last year, they opened up against Lake, a great gate, <laughs> but it's a division two team. Lake, you know, rolls them, beats them up pretty good. I think that's the only win Lake has. So yeah. they they, they change the schedule this year. They're playing Claymont, a playoff team a year ago, but more in the enrollment size of what Northwest is dealing with. Not a federal league team, and you see Northwest really put it on Claymont last week.
1: Yeah, and I mean we didn't really speak to, to Canton South, but they were obviously competitive and, and they had a great year last year, but I know that they've been dealing with numbers and, and health and stuff like that. So um be interesting to see if you know, if they start 0 and two, you know, how that kind of affects their season.
0: We're going to take a quick break here again, and then we're going to come back and talk about two games that uh, Joe, uh, I think, will have some good opinions on. I want you to remember that FridayNightOhio.com is your home for Stark County Area high school football throughout the 2018 season. Stories, scores, schedules, rosters, stats, you'll find it all there all year. Download the app and don't miss any of the news about your favorite teams and players. And uh, two teams or two matchups that you knew quite a bit about uh, coming up that we're going to wrap up with here. Buchtel-McKinley and Dover Lake. We'll do Buchtel-McKinley first. Joe, you saw McKinley's opener last week. Um, great start by the Bulldogs, and they kind of had to hang on there. Um, what uh, What'd you think about what you saw from the Pups? Well, I, I really I thought they, uh,
1: um, just on a down-by-down basis, they played pretty clean, but they just, you know, <sighs> They, they made a lot of big plays and I, I mentioned this, they didn't make a lot of little plays. And I think as your season goes on, the, you know, the talents there and you see the potential. And I don't, I mean, I don't think this is obviously a team that's going to compete for a state championship, but it, is it a, a team that you can expect to be in the federal league mix and make the playoffs? I mean, I saw that kind of, you know, ability on the field and, and uh, you know, Harding's a good team, but I I just liked the way that that McKinley was coached. I thought they were just ready for that moment, and and uh, they're only going to get better. Um, the, the surprising thing to me about Booktel is, and we mentioned this, they are now in Division Four. That blew me
0: away when you told me. <laughs> if you didn't bring that up, I was going to bring that up because I I just can't wrap my head around Booktel being Division Four.
1: Yeah, and and you know, you mentioned it. Uh, Akron East has kind of been on the upswing in the in the city series after it was dominated for so long by. By Booktill, and then to you know maybe a lesser extent, Garfield was in it that you know couple of years, but um, you know East coming off a huge win over Jackson, so um, they're probably not quite the Booktill team that people kind of think of. Uh, I know that, that Dan Reardon said they had a lot of you know really good skill and they're really big, but I don't think they've put it together. And you know I would expect McKinley to win this by a touchdown or two.
0: The one thing that's always been oppressive about Booktill, you know, going back to the Coach Flossie days, is. The Griffs will play anybody anywhere. I mean, mm-hmm. they've never backed down. They, they've played McKinley a lot over the years, but they've also gone up and played the big Cleveland parochials. They've gone over to the Youngstown area and played the heavyweights that way. Uh, the, the Griffins, uh, they will show up and they will hit and they will play hard. Uh, it'll be uh, a case of whether they'll just have the, the overall ability and, and size to stay with McKinley. Dover Lake, the other big game this week. And I know you've talked to both coaches, Joe. Uh, give us some thoughts on that matchup.
1: Yeah, you know, it's interesting because, you know, we mentioned that Lake went 1-9, and nine, but Dover won this game by two points last year. They they were really close. You know, Lake's season is kind of like it was weird last year. They they were really competitive for five games and couldn't quite get those wins. And then things kind of like, you know, snowball at that point. But um, I always like, you know, both coaches kind of said they use this as a barometer um, because I think they feel like um, – if they can, you know, if you beat Dover by two touchdowns, you're probably really good. If you beat Lake by two touchdowns, you're probably really good. You know, if, if the game is really close, chances are our team, both teams are really competitive. and And I think Lake probably, you know, they beat they beat Dover in 2015 and 16. I think they feel like, hey, if, if we can get this game, we have a chance to maybe win five or six games this year. And they have a great sophomore class that they can kind of build to something really big in the next couple of years. Um, Dover, you know, I, I don't know that they're White as talented as they were last year, but they had some injury issues. So we'll see. We, we don't really know anything about either team because they played nobody last week. You know, Columbus West and, and Cleveland JFK were both really bad programs and they both, you know, both games were out of hand by
0: second quarter. So, um, you know, we'll find out a lot about both teams this week. I think uh, of all the teams, this week two game for Lake could maybe define the season more than anyone mm-hmm. uh, in the county, at least. Lake gets this game, they're 2-0. and Then they got Copley and Louisville coming up. Games that I think they would have a reasonable expectation of being able to win, mm-hmm. and obviously four and zero going into the grind of the Federal League is a big deal for Lake as opposed to going in two and two, three and one, four and zero. Lake knows, hey, they steal a couple of more games the rest of the way, where they're going to be the underdog. They could be looking at the postseason. Yeah, and I think that's that's probably the cool thing about Lake is that they don't feel like
1: if they if they go from four and zero to four and two that their season's over. They're, they've kind of accepted that. Seven, six, seven, eight wins is, is a good year for us, so things maybe won't fall off the tracks if they, if they do lose a game or two, and uh, like you said, if, if they start 4-0, that I think the expectation is to be a playoff team, and, and they have a, a lot of talent in some lower classes, so um, it, 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 you know, this, these next couple of weeks
0: could be big for their
1: program just you know, in terms of the future.
0: A lot of big football coming up. We will be back on Friday night after all the games for another podcast to review it. A reminder, the Akron Children's Hospital Game of the Week powered by iHeartRadio. For Friday, August 31st is Maslin at Glen Oak. Broadcast starts at 6.30 with the Old Carolina pregame Show. Thanks for downloading and listening to the FridayNightOhio.com dot, dot podcast, a podcast from the Canton Repository Sports Department. Check back for another podcast late Friday night. For Joe Scalzo, I'm Chris Bevan.